The following content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Hello, and welcome to Always Another Way podcast. My name is Marina Sprocky Spriggs, and I have a master's in professional counseling. I am the Ippy Award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life, the author of Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. I am trained in clinical hypnosis, and I write positive divorce advice for the HuffPost. And this podcast is for out-of-the-box thinkers, and it's for those who hear the call of hope in always another way. And if you are very rigid and set in your beliefs, then this probably is not your cup of tea. However, you should note, taste can and do change. And I'm so excited for this show today. And, um, you know, call it what you will, how this all happened. But yesterday I was just looking at some articles and this article popped up from Science Alert and the headline reads, an explosion of never never before seen minerals with this beautiful photo of this light aqua crystal with some like darker blue in it. And it was just, it was so pretty, it caught my eye. So anyways, according to this article, there was a 2017 study that found the incredible upsurge of new minerals around the time of the industrial around the time of the industrial revolution led to the unprecedented diversification of crystals on earth eclipsing even the great oxidation event 2.3 billion years ago as the greatest increase in the history of the globe there's a lot of big words there but um, a little bit more from it the spike of mineral novelty that is so rapid, most of it in the last 200 years compared to the 4.5 billion year history of Earth. There's nothing like it in Earth's history. Um, one of the team, Robert Hazen, from the Carnegie, Carnegie Institution for Science told The Guardian last year. And while I'm not going to read the entire article, just one more paragraph that kind of leads you to something interesting. Since the mid-1700s, the diversity of minerals on Earth has exploded faster than ever before. The team noting the blazing pace that humans triggered over the past 250 years, especially when compared to the slow burn of the Great Oxidation event. So, very interesting and so much to know about the worlds of crystals and rocks and minerals and have some here, which brings me to my guest, Rachel Fox, who is a studio designer, crystal healer, and experience designer. She has dual BAs in Spanish language and Latin American Iberian studies from Southern Methodist University. Immediately thereafter, she dove into an Epicurean direction with extensive coursework in cheese pairing through Molto Formaggio and Scardello Artisan Cheese and further wine and spirit certification through the Guild of Master Sommeliers. And in recent years, she is also an NLP practitioner, certified hypnotherapist. She's got training in cognitive behavioral therapy, flotation therapy, and intensive study in integrative wellness and life coaching. And currently in Dallas, she has classes and workshops through Sync Yoga and Wellbeing 
and Balancing Energy Health and Yoga Center, as well as serving as the daily director for Deep Elm Yoga. She has held classes from coast to coast. She is an old soul who is wise beyond her years, and she just radiates this like magical chill vibe all around. So welcome, Rachel. Welcome, Marina. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've got all this stuff here. And before we dive in, mm -hmm. what first, you know, guided you to crystals? Or when did you first kind of notice these type of objects? Mm. So my first memory of uh, really using stones at all is super, super early. Um, as a young child, my mother really enjoyed traveling around the United States specifically. So my siblings and I, I'm the oldest of three, we would get in the car with my mom in the van, we'd hop around, we would camp, we would stay with family and friends, and we would always stop on the side of the road to get whatever rock was really cool, to find whatever um, sort of gem or mineral destination there was in between point A and point B. And we would go there. So it really started with my mother as a young child. And I actually have a few of her stones from her childhood in my current collection. So it runs deep. Oh, so cool. So cool. Mm -hmm. And so with this, and they've, you know, it's the earth. So mm -hmm. been around for like forever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people, there's the geology, there's, you know, studies based on all of this kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. then there's the deeper level of things. Mm -hmm. And these rocks, they all, they're different. They have different names. They mm -hmm. look differently. But there's also a significance in relation to some of these stones. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you can kind of talk about that. So stones for me, it's it's an interesting thing because they are uh, they're naturally occurring, right? This is literally pieces of earth that grew in very specific crystalline structures, specific formations, and they appear a certain way that's sort of aberrant from your everyday, you know, your dirt and your earth, sedimentary rock that you encounter on a day-to-day -day basis, and they're sort of special. And throughout human history, they have always been considered special. Um, semi-precious and precious stones. And that's part of what I really love um, as sort of someone who is in language and literature as a, as a professional or as, a, as an educational pursuit. I've been really interested in studying the use of stones throughout human history and what has been, you know, what have been commonalities. Um, how have we utilized stones across time and space and civilization? And in what ways have they served us? In what ways have they changed in their service, you know, from uh, ancient history to modern culture? And there's some really wonderful and fascinating threads that, you know, you can pull on the scientific, the historical, the cultural sort of significance of these stones. But when it comes down to it, really, really, really basic, you know, sort of brass tacks explanation for me with the metaphysical use of stones is this. We are all atoms, right? Protons, neutrons, electrons, all moving around in some sort of uh, different vibration, different arrangement, depending on what we're made out of, right? And we're all arranged in sort of different ways. You have a different atomic structure than I have, than these stones have. However, these stones have a very specific crystalline structure depending on the kind of stone, and it's consistent. And so that specific structure has a specific vibration. And that vibration, in almost the same way as you would consider vibrational healing, sound healing, music, the stones affect us in the same way. 
They're literally just a different frequency or different vibration, but they're constant because of their crystalline structure. And they sort of affect the meridian, right? The place where we experience our own vibration, the electrical beat of the heart, right? The nervous system, the impulses that are going in and out of the brain. So these stones interact with us in some sort of a way. And, you know, if you are somebody who participates in the metaphysical, you know, if you partake in that, you understand it from your physical experience. And if you're somebody who steps back and is more scientific, then the vibration makes a lot more sense to you. Super cool. And then mm -hmm. still diving in with that. So these things that have threaded along and then just mm -hmm. jumping off there, um, you know, what? how does kind of crystal healing come in hand? And, and if you yeah. want to go back to where it started and mm -hmm. then sort of bring it in, you know, mm -hmm. from the significance of beauty to... This part of Earth been used, vibrations mm -hmm. used in electronic products. I mean, sure. everything. Yeah, very much. Stones have this super deep and long relationship with people. And even now, I think we sometimes underestimate the closeness that we have with our crystal allies. So for most people who are listening right now, you've probably got a very intimate relationship with quartz that you're not aware of. So if you wear any sort of glasses, then you enjoy your quartz lenses that amplify and clarify the things that you see. And the same is true with the face of your watch or your Apple Watch or your phone. You know, that amplifies and clarifies the image for you to see as well. Amplifies and clarifies the time for you to be aware of. So quartz has those two properties in a metaphysical sense, amplification and clarification, but they have been helping us. Quartz lenses have been helping us with those two things in a very physical sense for a very long time. And going back, you know, to ancient Egypt, um, going back to the Mayans, going back to the Australian Aboriginals, I mean, across these different places and different times, dating back to, you know, prehistory, beginning of human history up until now, people have been utilizing stones in a variety of ways. The most interesting part to me is to study what type of stones, like quartz, for example, that have been used in a specific context and for a long time consistently. So, for example, your quartz, right, lenses. But then you also have something like lapis lazuli. It's a stone we all know. It's a bright blue kind of a stone. Well, lapis lazuli has never, ever, ever been used, say, in creating the foundations of buildings. It's never been used in sort of a common context. You'd never put it on your steps. You know, it's a bright blue stone. Humans forever have been wearing it on headpieces, you know, around their neck, places that are much more cherished, much higher up on the body. We're not even wearing lapis lazuli down below the, the, the waist. And that's consistent across societies. So we get to see these really cool, you know, opposite side of the spectrum. You have black tourmaline. Almost never are people wearing headpieces with black tourmaline, this dark and really dense grounding stone. No, no, no. Foundations of buildings. Again, Africa, Asia, the Americas, you'll find black tourmaline in the foundations of buildings. Just people have been using these things in an intuitive way, and that's really the, the depth of my practice, but in a very consistent way across time. So studying you know, ancient texts and getting to see everything from you know, if you go to the Old Testament, you get to talk about Aaron's breastplate and the composition of that breastplate, you know, to uh, ancient Egyptian documents that are talking about the way to uh, entomb and to create the sarcophagus and to place the jewels there. So it's very interesting to see these relationships and to note the consistencies and the universalities that occur. I love it. So what mm -hmm. else about stones that are kind of like, 
universal in need or what have you brought? Mm, okay. See, uh, well, stones yeah. for me, just kind of stepping back to like, how am I going to use a stone in my everyday life? Like, what do I do with it? Can I use it wrong? Is there a specific thing I'm supposed to do? All of these we want to know. Right. <laughs> so as a, uh, as a healer, and I say this, as somebody who has utilized stones in a way that is metaphysical, so stepping past things that I honestly previously held to be barriers or boundaries for what was possible and what was realistic. I mean, I'm the child of two uh, military veterans and, you know, we're a little bit more like atheist Jews than anything else. So this wasn't just like a part of my education or a part of my upbringing other than gathering them up. But it was an experience that caused me to step past. You know, I was holding a quartz stone and it was sort of something that came to my head. And I was meditating. So I was honoring the thought, okay, you think of this quartz stone, you're in a meditation, just get it, see what happens. And 20 minutes later, I'm having the most profound meditation of my whole life, being like, what has been going on? What? But that aside, my main advice to anybody who is looking to get into stones or to deepen their relationship or to sort of to understand what's going on, listen to yourself. So if you've got a thought that comes into your mind, let yourself be intuitive. I mean, this is the earth. This is literally the ground around you. There isn't an instruction manual. I mean, other human beings have decided there are certain wonderful ways to use these things. They'll give their advice. They'll create their documents. We have across, you know, history. But that all came from someone else's brain. Right. So I think it's really important that we use ours. And when you hear something, you know, if you think, ah, I just need to go grab this citrine right now. Go grab that citrine right now. It came to your brain. You know, check it out. See what happens. It's always a guess and check. I'm all about experimentation. And I think that the best way to experience anything is to experience it. Can I get like a, like a rat on, amen, hallelujah, whatever with that? Because mm -hmm. to me, that's kind of the way you can truly know from experience, mm -hmm. your personal experience that actually mm -hmm. only you can comment on. I cannot comment on your experience because it's you experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, let's keep going. And those sensations are often before and beyond. So I notice when it comes to stones, like the language can be tough. It can be tricky to tell people what it's supposed to feel like. You know, for example, one of the ways, and for those of you guys out here who are like, I want to know what this is all about, but I'm not quite sure. Like, I want to feel something more than nothing. Um, I use that phrase a lot, something more than nothing, when it comes to feeling a stone. Um, but oftentimes I'll do something like get a stone that's really, really connected to a certain space on the body. Like, for example, Ulexite. Have you ever heard of the TV stone? It's no. a stone that amplifies. I don't have a piece here, but it amplifies images. And literally, if you if you put it over a piece of newsprint, it'll make it much bigger than quartz even. It'll just cool. blow it up. But this stone is really, really um, – it interacts with the, the third eye. Oh, and yeah, with, and Jansen for the Facebook's got one on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Ulexite. It's the best. Mm -hmm. So it interacts with the uh, third eye and the crown in a really serious way. So I'll have people just take a Ulexite, put it right over here. And it's hard for me to use language. You know, does it feel like pressure? Does it feel like a pull? Does it feel like some sort of a movement? Uh, we all have our own ways of expressing that sensation that is before and beyond the language we're using to express it. But really just get the Ulexite and put it by your head. You're like, cool. <laughs> just do can't, that can't and hurt then, you. You know, sense it out for yourself and feel you're something more than nothing, knowing that whatever it is you feel, even if you feel absolutely nothing, that's cool. That's okay. 
that's supposed to be that is what is supposed to be happening for you and i think that the best way to to feel something or to to seek out knowledge about the stones is just to play to really uh, open yourself up and don't expect anything you know don't be attached to what's going to happen like hey if one day i woke up and i was you know thinking i was going to use this great stone and do this great thing and it just didn't work it just didn't work and that's okay yeah and that's okay. Exactly. That's why there are multiple tools. I use my stones, but I love my sage and I love my, you know, singing bowls and I like my yoga. I like everything. And it all goes together. And so if, mm -hmm. so people, so we've got stones, we've got the history of them, how people can use them and especially that mm -hmm. experiencing stuff. Mm -hmm. What else do you think, you know, people need to know about stones or sure. their history or something that you just yeah. think as this is important? So one of the things that I get asked a lot, because I, I do a lot of work with crystals, but also with the chakra system or, you know, the meridian itself. So the sort of that place along the body when you kind of divide yourself in half. And if you flipped yourself over, you'd be a reflection. So chakra is a word that comes, comes in a lot. Um, and people also often will talk about stones with the chakras because if you think about colors, right? Chakras have these colors, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and often the stones correspond in the color sense. So people will talk about your purple stones for the crown, you know, or your gold stones for the solar plexus or green, you know, all those kinds of things. So that's really important. Um, important in the sense of uh, it's diagnostic or useful, it's helpful uh, as a tool to be able to select the right kind of stones or to have a better understanding. But I would love to go over just chakras a little bit and yeah. how those work or how those interact with the stones themselves. Let's talk about it. Cool. So the first thing I want to say, any anybody out there who's uncomfortable with the word chakra, that's fine. Like, we're good. Throw it away. We don't actually need to use it again. We can totally go without it. Um, if you prefer another word, you know, you can use the Christian sacraments, the seven of those. If you prefer the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, you can use the Sephiroth if you like that. Or if you don't even want to use a word, we don't have to at all. One through um, seven. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? And I think of the um, the chakras a lot more as, as almost a, um, as a metaphor for a human life. So the idea of in the beginning, right? First, first center, that red place. Um, that's the, the space of wholeness, the space of infancy, the space before we know we're separate. You have the orange space. That's the space of connection um, just below the belly. So I don't know if, if everybody's watching here, but uh -huh. yeah, a few inches below the belly button. That is the sacral center. So orange, orange stone, space of connection, um, space of creativity. That's when as a toddler, you really realize, hey, I'm not mom, but I can connect with mom and other people and make stuff happen and experience the world and create meaning. Then you've got just uh, about the meeting of the ribs, you've got the solar plexus. Um, that space is considered yellow or gold. I think about it a lot like adolescence. So independent action. This is action manifestation. This is like, hey, I'm independent. I can go get things done outside of mom, dad, or anybody else. I can affect the world in my own way. Um, you've then got the fourth center, uh, the heart chakra, and it's right here at the center of the chest. It's associated with green and also pink uh, stones. But essentially, this is the space of seeing the soul's reflection in another. So when you are able to understand or to love another being as you love yourself and to be able to see and value somebody else in the same way that you value yourself. So often we associate that with marriage um, or finding true love. And then there is the throat 
it's associated with um, light blue and also associated with sort of that time. Perhaps you're past your adolescence, you've, you've gotten some love down, and now you're getting down with the emotions, you're understanding your feelings, you're understanding the animal desires. I'm hungry sometimes, I'm happy sometimes, I'm sleepy sometimes, I want sex sometimes. Um, but I can, I, can, I can dominate that. My mind and my spirit can be like, you know what? No, I know the animal wants these things, but I'm going to use my will. I'm going to speak forward uh, the things that I want to speak forward and live the life I want to live by my choice. So when we get that self-control a little bit later in our lives. And then we've got the third eye. This is the sixth center. It's associated with indigo stones. And the third eye is a space of wisdom and clarity, truth. Oftentimes we associate it with people who are a bit older and it's that point in our lives when it's like, oh man, everything's so clear. I just care about giving and receiving love. You know, I just care about uh, spending time with people that I, that I love very much and I'm clear about my passions, what I like, what I'm about. Man, I was so confused in the past. Now it's all clear. Cool. There we go. Third eye. And uh, the last space or the, the seventh chakra is the top of the head, the crown of the head, and that's associated with violet stones and also some of the clear or um, milky white stones. And that's also space above the head. But that's essentially the final communion with, um, with everything. So it's the transition between life and death, the end of a natural human lifespan when sort of you're ending your life because you're just aged out, you're done and transitioning from one plane to another. And I think that's really important to, to know those things and to remember those things because it can be really wonderful to give ourselves context yeah. when we find ourselves hanging out with certain stones. Like I'm looking at my stones right now and I've got a bunch of pink and gold. So like I'm doing some self-love and I'm doing some manifestation right now. Nice. And even if I'm not aware of that, the stones I'm gravitating towards like can tell me a little bit about what I'm doing right now. I love so that. it can be really great contextually um, and also just if you're looking to select stones, maybe there's something you want to intentionally put more effort into, maybe your manifestation, maybe your heart, maybe, you know, your own spiritual life. Well, go get the go get the stones that are going to bring you into connection with that that part. OK, so. now, how do you say you, that was just so beautiful as far as explanation goes and, you know, this stuff and then mm -hmm. the selection and mm -hmm. then how do you do you. Do you hold them? Do you put them on you? Do you, I like to arrange mm -hmm. them because I just like to do stuff like that. So we do, <laughs> man, humans for all time have done a few things. One, we've worn stones. So stone jewelry is one of the most ancient and wonderful things. Actually, for those of you who are interested, um, in the 1920s, J.P. Morgan actually com commissioned some really wonderful um, writings on stones and some really wonderful collections. So you can get a great history actually there. He cool. has a great collection. Funny, people are like, whoa, crystal healing. Yeah, J.P. Morgan was doing it for real. That guy was into it. Well, and the Perot Museum here in Dallas, there is a floor of, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. baling. So good. Wow. Yeah. So good. For reals. So we've been wearing them, we've been collecting them and having them as art, right? As the earth's art in, in our spaces. Um, but also, man, practice is to me, again, intuitive. So if you feel like holding a stone, um, it can be great in a classical conditioning sense if you're meditating. So if you're meditating and you want to hold a stone, every single time you meditate, you hold the same stone. That stone is going to serve as a great connection to the meditation for later. So you can just put it in your hand and go right back down to that meditative space. Um, but I encourage people also to just honor the thoughts inside your head 
And if you've got stones around, like, use them. If you are thinking, you know what, that stone could look super cute inside my plant, your plant might want a stone in there. That's really helpful, too. So nothing is too weird. I put stone crumbs in my plant. (laughs) I got a box full of some. And I was like, there's all these little, like, stone crumbs, but they're real on Mm -hmm. the succulent and then this little... Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's, I think, lovely to also make things with your stones. So I like to make jewelry sometimes myself, or it can be fun to decorate your space with them. I mean, like I said, Earth's art. So this is, it's lovely and it's natural and it makes uh, any space or even, I like to use them for, for gifts. I love to give stones. Yeah. I think it's one of the best. Just think about it. This little item, this stone existed before I got it, right? And it exists, it will exist after. But when I go ahead and give it to you and I say, Marina, this rose quartz is for you and it's for yours, like keep it. Then there's this additional good feeling that you have and that I have now. And that's, we just created that out of nothing. Like, wow. Can I tell you? So when I first like uh, how things are all connected. So meeting Rachel, um, I had gone to an event and I had on um, Dr. Amy and Dr. Tyler from Self Unbound, this network spinal analysis event. And I'd met a, a guy there who, you know, there was a group of like seven of us. We all became friends, hung out and talking about things. And um, we started talking about what we do. And he's like, you have to meet my friend, Rachel. She is so cool. So send her a message, meet her. And then I do get two like super awesome stones. And it was so super cool. Just, and it is that feeling of a nice gift and mm-hmm. then just of the collecting back and forth. Mm-hmm. And side note, there was a, um, my son used to go tutoring to this place, this woman who had like, I mean, the lick, like a whole tutoring shop. All the kids in North Dallas went there mm-hmm. and she had a stone collection that rivaled. So to tell mm-hmm. kids about, here's what you're getting, this is where it's from. Mm-hmm this but they could pick out every time they did something yeah. good and it was just i mean they loved it i have never given someone a stone and had any bad reaction at all literally i i will go into like a random liquor store and like just be like hey who needs a stone in here so you know like we're yeah. a public bus or like <laughs> anything i've it's something that's so universal you know people relate to the earth we all interact with the earth it's always going to be appropriate <laughs> i love it i love it yeah. so now with all that, where can, so somebody wants to experience more mm-hmm. with stones, get a hold of you. I know you have mm-hmm. classes. You can be contacted privately. Sure. Tell, tell everybody what's coming up next and you're in the April-May agenda. Oh, amazing. So um, I have a couple of, of passions. Stones are one of them, and I do a whole lot of stone workshops, so you can always keep up with me on uh, rachelrfox.com, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-R-F-O-X.com, and I keep all of my classes and my special events there. I often do things in and around the new and full moons, so keep up to date with that. And I do teach publicly at uh, Sync Yoga and Wellbeing. Uh, if you're in the Dallas area, I'm there at 7.15 p.m. on Tuesdays, 11.45 on Saturdays. Uh, I teach at Balancing Energy in Dallas's Design District on Sundays at 3 p.m. and have just opened, uh, well, come into a partnership with a wonderful woman inside of Deep Elm Yoga in Deep Elm here in Dallas. So we're going to be art, music, yoga, and stones, of course. I'm doing crystal meditation and um, really, really excited to be doing some astrological work too. Yeah. So if that's you guys, another show. <laughs> I know, right? We could get into that. 
Um, but you can always feel free to reach me, just Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at rachelrfox.com. Send me an email about anything, if it's just a question, if it is some advice that you're seeking, if you want to work together. I am the most open individual, and I know whoever is listening to this and hearing it and be like, man, I need to talk to her. Yeah, I need to talk to you too. Oh, yeah. And she's for real. <laughs> I mean, that kind of cool, like, and I like to think about that mm. connections, like, all my life. Like, how did I get mm. to here but from the backtrack to see how it just was all made in that way? Mm. And this is so true about you, like, reachable, connectable, amazing, and I like to surround myself with people that lift things up higher, that see the good, mm -hmm. that have a forward focus, and that spread it out. Mm. So with all that said, talk to Rachel. Check out the stones of the world. They've been here for forever. Oh, you will find them. Thing. Oh, yeah. One, one more, more thing. Go. Okay. The Book of Stones by Robert Simmons. That's the book. Okay. I like, yeah, the Crystal Bible, Judy Hall. Yes, you've got all these other wonderful. The Book of Stones. The Book of Stones. Get you one. Mm -hmm. There's Use a pocketbook, too. Oh, huh. Little pocketbook. And, you know, trust your experience because you are the boss of you. Mm -hmm. You know yourself the best. Mm -hmm. And you know that there is always another way. Oh, 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 oh,